everyone. Welcome to Zonan Canada. I'm your host, Jesse Betteridge. Uh, joining me today, uh, for the first time ever, uh, from the Toonami Faithful podcast is Sketch. Uh, Sketch, could you, uh, just, uh, give a quick introduction to yourself? Oh, hi. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm Sketch. I host the Toonami Faithful podcast. I am at least in writing the editor in chief of that website, but I definitely don't do all those duties lately. <laughs> I, I mean, namely, Throw that off to my man, CJ, who's really good at looking at other people's articles. So uh, I've known these guys, in in passing at least, for many, many years, from back in the old Toon Zone forum days. I believe you mean anime superhero? <laughs> yes, these are my anime superhero cohorts. <laughs> we we met one, one fateful uh, soccer con at the Funimation table. Yes. I think there's a photo of me autographing a CD and you two are hanging around. Like It captured the dynamic of that era well. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and, of course, joining again is Carl Olson. Hi, everybody. It's Carl, a.k.a. Ultra Clystron, nerdcore guy, and also a very intermittent writer for Toon Zone, anime superhero, whatever. I think the last thing I had published was a big write-up I did on the first episode of Fully Cooly Alternative and uh then I pitched doing a much more comprehensive write up on uh progressive and that I just self published it instead. <laughs> DeMarco liked it though. So he did. All... And we have all gathered here today uh for a very notable event, and that is the launch of the world's first twenty four seven adult swim channel in Canada. But what's more significant is the fact that this is the first time ever, really that the Adult Swim brand is being taken seriously in Canada. Um, this new channel is indeed being run by Chorus, who runs Teletoon and YTV and ran uh, Cartoon Network Canada and the old Adult Swim Canada on that network as well. Um, and now they have the whole catalog for the first time, uh, which is very significant. And in the press release they put out, they expressed an intent on mirroring the U.S. network. Um, a very notable and also notably vague commitment, um, but it's, you know, it's uh, worth, that's something worth paying attention to, nonetheless. Yeah. The station did launch um, on April 1st, and it actually was supposed to launch at 6 a.m. on that day, and they took us by total surprise and coordinated <laughs> with the U.S. Adult Swim on their uh, annual April Fool's joke, which I've got to say, not only did I not expect that, I did not think they were even capable of doing something like that. Uh, yeah. The station launched six hours early, and they ran the entire six hours of um, Game Useto Machu Picchu. It's, it's nuts, but I also have to say, that's the highest effort April Fool's they've done in yeah. forever. Because, like, it is literally... They just dropped, they dropped the whole show. <laughs> they dropped the whole show. Yeah, it's like it's four and a half hours. It's a se- yeah. it's like a it's like a proper anime season that they just marathon through that is not the worst <laughs> Yeah, it's nuts. It's like AC Boo did uh, did perfect hair. Like that's how I feel it is. It's it's very or like, that's how that's not how parts of it feel. Other parts of it absolutely feel like um, uh, the external world by the guy who did that, that uh, episode of the 3D episode of Adventure Time. Like it feels a lot like David O'Reilly's work at points as well, especially like the hyper backstory parts. Like yeah. really ape his stuff. It's also notable because, you know, it shows right from the get-go, or at least right from the get-go for the Canadian version, that 
Um, anime is a very important part of the Adult Swim brand. Uh, some people still in, insist that there's a, separ a firm separation between the Toonami stuff and the other stuff. I, I don't agree. Uh, I think it is it is very much baked in. And they even ran, um, you know, they had some of the promos and bumpers mm -hmm. from Adult Swim. I don't know if they were com those were completely in sync with the U.S. broadcast, but they showed that uh, that One Punch Man How to Get an Anime Body card. Mm -hmm. Which shows One Punch Man in it during uh, d during the April Fool's program, which at least the fact that they wouldn't go out and remove something like that, something featuring a show that they definitely don't have the rights to, um, is is notable for sure. Um, and and also it shows again reinforces this idea that anime is a strong fixture in the Adult Swim brand. Um, of course, the April Fool's joke. Uh, you should, well, you should be happy because it means on, at some point you're probably going to get to see the room on Adult Swim Canada. Like, that's got to happen <laughs> it's at some happen point. Eventually. That's great news for you. Yeah. <laughs> a 10-year ten, ten anniversary of uh, the room appearing on Adult Swim for the first time, apparently. Uh, wow. Yeah. Um, and also, um, Adult Swim Canada has taken the place of the Action Channel, uh, which was owned by Chorus, originally owned by Shaw, originally owned by Elias Atlantis, originally Showcase Action. And it, it, one great thing during the April Fool's gag is that it still had the action bug in the lower right-hand corner, but it was like slowly morphing into the Adult Swim bug, which, <laughs> I, again, like... That's attention to detail. That means it, they took it even a step further than what was going on in the U.S. at the time. So, like, yeah. for that six-hour period, they totally nailed it. Everything after that... Uh, I can't. Uh, I can't quite say the same. Um, but before we get into detail uh, on the Adult Swim Canada, I just wanted to point out this was this episode was supposed to be uh, originally about the launch of Wow World, which we knew absolutely for sure, without any doubt whatsoever, was going to launch uh, on April first, twenty nineteen. Well, guess what? Um, April Fools. <laughs> I don't even understand what happened. Um, apparently they have been able to, like... I wonder I wonder if they, like, saw AS24 coming and they're like, oh, we don't want to, we don't want to launch against it, that. It could be. Maybe there's some, you know, competitive vibes going through because, we're, like, word is that WoW World, an important part of it, is supposed to be a millennial-targeted lineup. Late well, and, so, like, but part of what WoW is grabbing from is from Verve Library, right? Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's another thing that's, that, like, already a bit yeah. weird where you're just like, hey... We're going to grab from a library. Oh, who owns this library? Are the same people who own Adult Swim. Yeah. It's... <laughs> like, like that. I, like, I wonder if the AT&T merger just suddenly, like, threw, threw some breaks on things. It's possible. Um, mm -hmm. Also, it's very possible that a lot of the legal stuff is not going to be, uh, with that stuff, it's not going to be as cut and dried in Canada as it is in the U.S. Well, there's a lot of existing contracts that are going to be, it's, it's one of those things where you get to see, like, how does AT&T view these things going forward, yeah. and Canada's caught in the middle of that. Yeah, exactly. Our our highly protected media ecosystem mm -hmm. is kind of throws a, um, a wrench in things, which is can be a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you look at it. Uh, but nonetheless, WoW World has been delayed. Based on the release that they put out, I'm not really clear on when they will be able to launch it. It seems that it could be it could be anywhere between June and the end of August, so basically sometime during the summer. Um, I would expect it to be at the latter half of that uh, period, considering that they actually have not officially confirmed the name of the channel yet. It's just mm -hmm. been we, we we've just kind of uh, basically assumed that it's Wow World because that's how all the stuff on Crave has been branded. So there's basically no other news on that. 
at least nothing that has been announced publicly, so there's really nothing we can talk about. If you are looking for any scrap of information you can find on WoW World, uh, you are welcome to check out the 329-page discussion forum thread at the Kanzenshu Forums uh, on the Ocean Dub of Dragon Ball Z Kai, also known as Ocean Kai, uh, a show that is speculated that WoW World is going to be looking into. Um, that forum thread, um, it spans about nine years, uh, and I guarantee you that reading through it is, at the very least, more entertaining than watching Dragon Ball GT. I can guarantee that. <laughs> um, Low bar to clear, you, but... Uh, you want to yeah. go on the real Grand Tour, go check out the, the 329-page Kanzenshu thread on Ocean Kai. It's, it is something... It is epic. Uh, it, it really is. And and after all that, we still really don't know anything about this thing, yeah. uh, this weird dub. Maybe something will come of it. I don't know. We'll see. This is too bad, though, because um, I was really hoping that WoW World would launch in time along with a lineup on the Crave service and could have been a home to One Punch Man Season 2, which I have to note, at the time of this recording, um, there is still no news on whether or not that simulcast is going to be available in Canada. And if I'm not mistaken, that is pretty much the most high-profile uh, simulcast title that, that has ever happened that is not available in Canada at all. But we also have to look at what happened with One Punch Man Season 1. Um, mm-hmm. there was, it was a quote-unquote Hulu exclusive, uh, but Daisuke covered the international streaming for that. And yeah. uh, there is no Daisuke equivalent in this situation now. And I think, I think there is a streaming partner figured out for Australia... Um, and a couple other regions, not Canada, not the UK. It's a big question mark right and now. And like the UK is a big gap. Yeah, it really is. And we're like, we're, look, we're looking at a situation right now where it seems Viz actually got may have gotten the international uh, rights and have just neglected to you know make it international in any way whatsoever. <laughs> Viz boning Canada. Whenever does that happen? <laughs> yeah. Um, and th- I mean, this is worse than usual because. This is the first time that there hasn't been some kind of backup that has that has uh, revealed yeah. itself. And now, granted, it's still possible in the next day something might be announced. Um, something could pop up after the first episode is already premiered. You know, based on the quality of the material released so far for One Punch Man season one, eh, I think or season two, you mean? Season, season two um, might be <laughs> might be a little bit of a drop off after, after nothing season one. of value was lost. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't want to resign it to that. I think it still really sucks that such a high-profile title is being shafted. And it's Which worth just, noting that, you it know... It just hurts seeing it after, like, just yeah. that pitch-perfect run for Mob Season 2. It's worth noting that, you know, nerds like us, obviously, are not satisfied with the quality that they're putting out for Season 2. But One Punch Man is a major mainstream title. And, yeah. you know, like, the show's more mainstream audience, like, you know... The guys you overhear in the locker room just randomly talking about One Punch Man, they're not going to care about that stuff as much. And yes, just to confirm, that is what guys actually talk about in locker rooms, One Punch Man. Uh, I can confirm this myself. <laughs> Why are you in locker rooms? You're 30. <laughs> and Jim. Jim. Ah, oh, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> What's a game? Oh. <laughs> but yeah, uh, big question mark about what going to happen there again shows why how we really need a, a streaming company up here that has a partnership with viz but still hasn't still hasn't happened yet and we could be uh just waiting for disappointment on all that um hard to say but that's again not what we're talking about today for the most part it's going to be 
on Adult Swim Canada. So I have to point out that the launch of Adult Swim Canada, it not only marked ending the Adult Swim Canada block on Cartoon Network Canada, maybe the most significant thing that's happened here, like from a historical perspective at least, um, Teletoon has now dropped all of their adult programming and has become a dedicated 24-7 kids network for the first time in its entire 22-year history. If you weren't aware, since Teletoon launched in 1997, it was not a children's channel, it never was, it launched as a animation channel that would equally target children, families, and adults. Um, and it had always segmented its programming that way from day one. And converting over to a full kids network is actually quite a drastic change uh, for that network. I know Adult Swim launched in 2002. Uh, Teletoon had them beat at having a proper adult block by a solid five years. And yeah, because I mean, think even Midnight Run isn't until what 2000? Yeah, 1999. Yeah, I guess the Midnight Run would have been the closest yeah. thing before that. Um, TVPG, they can say "damn" on Gundam. Meanwhile, Candace like, <laughs> and there can be a whatever. little bit of blood. Uh, I always found it kind of funny that this idea of Cartoon Network, you know, having an adult block at night or having anything adult targeted at night was like unthinkable or. There was like this big question of can they get away with this or can they do this? But Teletoon had already been doing it for years. In fact, they were the first English language animation channel that had a block for kids during the day and adults at night. Maybe that was the case in other languages. I think there might have been something in France. Um, I would imagine, say, I can't remember when Animax launched, but it would probably technically fit that bill as would Kids Station. Yeah, yeah, um, uh, that's yeah, that's true. Uh, but again, that's that's not that's uh, that, that, that ain't here. <laughs> that ain't here. Yeah, I think um, I think I think Teletoon also benefited immensely from the fact that Canadian cable was always a little bit more chill about stuff. Like old Showcase was wild. So oh yeah, that, like it was really easy just, for them to be like, "Why are you going to complain about us having Gundam with Dam?" They're like, "Over on Showcase, there's a guy getting like whipped by a Dominatrix." Like yeah. chill. Like this was this was the age, the early age of of Showcase and Bravo. So uh, Teletoon was very much uh, a Canadian trying. Bravo being like way different yeah. than American Bravo. Right. Well, back <laughs> for then. context. Back back then. Um, yeah. It's it's all it's all reality shows now. Um, but. Back then, uh, it was a very different time. Teletoon was very much keeping up with the Joneses when it came mm -hmm. to the adult content they ran. At night, or at least they tried to. You know, without a, a true American equivalent, they were kind of grasping at straws a lot of the time when they first launched. Um, well, and that was kind of while there was that boom of, like, uh, like all the Simpsons writers got their own shows kind of yeah. shit in the U.S. It, it was, was before that kind of... It was a it little was, before that, though. Yeah, um, so, like, yeah. there wasn't even that content to sort of say, like, let's fill it time with like reruns of something it's like reruns of what <laughs> what are you going to license <laughs> they had the highlander animated series and the usa network the usa network animated adaptation of savage dragon well and um, usa network also ran the highlander animated series yeah. like that was the usa that's probably network how they got well. it yeah yeah um, shields yeah so they like they, they picked that stuff up and just threw it in the adult block because they didn't know where else to put it pretty much but it did have some legitimately adult content they had duckman uh they had pond life from the UK. that's a, there's another usa pickup yeah, yeah that, in fact yeah that usa just kept like this kept they, they just they just probably kept getting stuff from usa yeah. but they got pond life from the uk uh, mm -hmm. They got the Lolita Lolita shorts from France. Show, both shows that had actual nudity in them. Uh, that also highlights another important thing. From the very beginning, for their adult lineups, um, everything they showed was uncensored. Or at least if, if it was censored, that's how they received it. From the very beginning of the channel to 
the uh, the end of adult content on Teletoon to also Adult Swim Canada and you know the other related spinoffs and stuff. Uh, one constant trend was that um, they would never censor anything in house, whether it was an anime, whether it was uh, imported U.S. stuff, whether it was imported European stuff, whether it was a live action movie. Um, they even showed like th- 300 back when they were doing live action movies. They showed that movie uncensored, um, among a few other things. So. If we're, yeah, if Panda we're, has way more chill rules on this stuff, and damn did it show there. Yeah, if if you're if you're looking at Adult Swim and tell and like Teletoon's adult stuff, just in terms of uh, what they were able to get away with on the air, Teletoon was definitely the reigning champion by a significant margin. Um, not censoring stuff isn't always something to brag about, though. Uh, we just have to look at what's going on with Sword Art Online <laughs> recently on uh, on Adult Swim, and it shows that yeah, censoring stuff not always a terrible idea. I, I mean, this is this is this is that background question. Is like, imagine they'll finally launch anime on Adult Swim Canada, and they're like, Shield Hero uncut, and you're just like, fuck. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, Goblin Slayer for everyone. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, prison school. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, oh, at least man. funny, but that, that'd be, school. That, that wouldn't be a bad choice. I would be totally okay with them running prison school. That would that would be a good fit, actually. That would be pretty. Like if you're going to run something exploitative, go 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 for it. <laughs> yeah, and you know, back in these early years, they had uh, really great bumpers uh, for each segment of the day. Uh, you can find them on YouTube. I recommend checking them out. They had these really kind of creepy claymation ones for the uh, the adult hours. Um, I always really liked them. Uh, Teletoon really had a strong brand and identity and voice back in their earliest days. Yeah. That branding went away around 99, though, and was replaced with something much blander and more boring and much lower Cheaper. budget. Which, yeah, <laughs> which was always really unfortunate. Um, but in addition to all that other content they had, um, this was also the time at their launch when Teletoon made, to this day, its biggest push for adult-targeted anime, when they were running several uh, major anime titles from manga entertainment, like Macross Plus, uh, Wings of Hanayamis, Ninja Scroll and Pat Labor One and Two, which were gr- awesome pickups, uh, but unfortunately uncut Ninja Scroll on uncut cable. Ninja Scroll, yeah. Imagine, yeah. But unfortunately, the acquisitions they got never went beyond that. They ran those programs over and over again uh, for several years. Why they never tried to get anything else, even from manga entertainment, is is not clear. But also, when they transitioned to their unbranded lineup, uh, they integrated other premium U.S. shows. They had Spawn, they had Spicy City. They were very inconsistent in those days, but um, they were definitely very experimental. I think that was really cool, even if you know the lineup as a whole doesn't really hold up when you look at it historically. In 2000, they changed it over to Teletoon Unleashed, um, and that really thrived entirely off of you know semi-CanCon productions that were picked up from MTV, uh, like Undergrads and Clone High. Undergrads, you know, having been run into the ground <laughs> so incessantly that we have an R- running generation. well in, r- r- running well into like 2010 for context 2011 yeah, <laughs> yeah. um if that uh if that undergrads movie actually happens you have teletune to blame for it because they just conditioned an entire generation of people to be nostalgic for that show for some reason um I give it to me <laughs> <laughs> okay, sketch. Uh, and interestingly, one of the characters uh, in Undergrads, Roscoe, they actually redubbed his voice with a Canadian actor so that it would fulfill Canadian content obligations <laughs> as well. The version That's that ran amazing. in Canada, yeah, the the version that ran in Canada was different from the version that ran in the states. 
Oh, that means if yeah. it ever goes up on streaming, it'll need two English language tracks. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting because I know in the, in the U.S. version, the creator did the voices for all the principal characters, ex- but then the Canadian version, it's everyone except Roscoe, who has this other Canadian actor doing his voice. Uh, in addition to those shows, they also had, you know, failed, those failed U.S. network pickup, uh, pickups that had, again, the, uh, the Simpsons DNA that Carl mentioned, like the Oblongs and Mission Hill. And also, um, some some show called Family Guy as well, uh, which actually debuted on Teletoon. Oh, the um, the Disney show. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that obscure I'll, I'll, title I'll, I'll, of the I'll, Disney I'll, the Disney archives. <laughs> but it debuted on Teletoon around the same time that Adult Swim launched in the U.S. in 2002, which was almost a solid two years before um, it was even thinkable for Adult Swim to pick up something so crude. Now Teletoon had another block called the Detour. Um, at that time, it was just a it was a teen, a quote unquote teen block, hour long teen block that had just random CanCon stuff in it. Um, I think the the most uh, the longest running shows in it were Cyber Six and The Ripping Friends, um, which ran over and over again uh, during the original Detour. Um, but in 2004, the Detour and Teletoon Unleashed were merged together to create the Detour on Teletoon, um, and this is the version of the block that I think. Most people will be forever familiar with uh, because it is uh, featured in an unskippable ad at the front of the Clone High DVD set, which I know a lot of people own. I was I was looking back in that old schedule. I gotta say, um, tell a lot of Teletoon Unleashed lineup was basically, you know, it was Family Guy, Futurama, home movies, and then they would they would run like Ren and Stimpy late at night. Um, it was pretty. It was a pretty barren schedule. But if if you're going back to that time, like. Reruns of shows like Futurama and Family Guy were were pretty so highly valuable. They were a license to print money. Like yeah. would, they were, they were just they were guaranteed ratings magnets, and yeah. they had to do very little additional effort to procure them. But here's the thing: like that's how it wound up being. Yeah. But they they didn't go into them knowing they'd be a surefire hit. Yeah, um, but they were probably easy yeah. to pick up. This was still. before the shows were revived, so mm-hmm. you know we. You you would really appreciate seeing Family Guy and Futurama back on the air because it didn't seem like they were ever ever, ever going to come back or all we'll know, ever be able to do is watch them on cable. We'll never yeah. even be able to buy them on DVD yeah, exactly. later. <laughs> I mean that was the mentality at one point. Yeah, it was so, that's the early O's. Like... I mean, these were these were highly valued properties, and mm-hmm. that's kind of you know that's where their current success sprang from. And they also had some very bad CanCon shows uh, like Delta State. Which is that a very boring rotoscope show that would have been more interesting if they didn't rotoscope it? Um, and Sons of Butcher, uh, Station X, or Clip Show the Series, as I like to call it. And also Bromwell High, uh, which is a UK co production, which um, at the time I thought was their worst show ever. Uh, but they uh, would definitely sink lower than that in, uh, in some of the later years. But around um, 2006, I think it was, uh, they launched a mini block within the DTuber called F Night. Uh, and the key thing about F Night was that for the first time, it showed a really strong push for Adult Swim content. In the few years before that, it had taken them a really long time to get anything from Adult Swim. They did pick up Harvey Birdman and Aqua Teen Hunger Force, but you know, as with I, I know that in the states those shows got rerun over and over again in their early episodes because there were so many production problems. Um, that was even worse in Canada because they couldn't even get all the episodes that Adult Swim had. Uh, and the, the repeats got really agonizing. Um, and they also had a real fundamental misunderstanding of just how to handle those properties. Um, I recall back when they picked up Harvey Birdman, 
their uh, their PR team at the time said that the reason that they picked that as the first Adult Swim show was because they thought that people would be nostalgic for the characters from Birdman, uh, which you know just shows that they just do not understand the appeal of this stuff at all. And in many ways, that kind of misunderstanding has persisted until recently. I, I think I think they've finally gotten over that, but uh, I, I'd say pretty recently they still didn't get it. But uh, with FNA, they just kind of threw the stuff on the air, hope for the best, uh, and without trying to try to interpret it and, or understand it. Uh, they had some shoddy marketing, and they ran episodes out of order, which was really bad for stuff like Frisky Dingo. But I think that that period was really, that was the peak of adult programming on Teletoon. It wasn't as experimental as their earlier days, but it was more consistent and more audience-pleasing overall. Um, and this was also the same time that Bionics was running on YTV. It was, so you'd have the uh, anime from Adult Swim on YTV, and then all the original productions from Adult Swim on Teletoon at the same time. Um, which was, you know, not, not great, but again, the content was there. It was like, everyone was well served, and it was, it was good. But that all kind of came to an end in 2007, when the live action movies started, F Night was replaced with a block for movies. Uh, originally, it was stated that the live action movies they would run would all have some kind of specific tie-in with animation like they ran the matrix because it was tied to the animatrix which they had already run um but that that pretense ended very quickly and they just started kind of running whatever the hell they wanted um it wasn't all bad uh they they ran pan's labyrinth of all things a weird choice they also ran akira uh and also a couple other anime movies including armitage uh, this was the one time when they kind of experimented with anime again, and Akira did well because they ran that movie a lot. But unfortunately, they still never jumped into um, uh, into just running proper proper series. That block eventually evolved into Teletoon at Night, which you know had as its basis was you know these live action movies, Fox Network shows. It was like an inverted Adult Swim aesthetic. They had black text on white instead of white text on black. But that's kind of where the similarities ended. They had live-action segments hosted by uh, radio host from Toronto, Fearless Fred, and Sam Maggs as well. Their biggest thing was really the simulcast premieres of Archer, uh, which they managed to secure. Um, which still go on to this day, because Archer is on the new Adult Swim Canada channel. Another fine Disney property. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to bring uh, that up every time, because yeah. I think it like it will play into things is, going forward for both for both channels. It is well the worth the Canadian channel. Teletoon uh, launched Cartoon Network Canada in 2012, and along with it was Adult Swim Canada uh, as a late-night block. Um, but unfortunately, they managed to get a few titles, um, but the library was lacking, and that was mostly be- because uh, G4 Canada um, had picked up a bunch of the Adult Swim titles after Teletoon had dropped them a few years back. They started their own adult digital distraction block, which unfortunately was short-lived. Um, someone complained to the CRTC, and they had to remove it because it, it strayed too far from their from their license objectives. Uh, but they still sat on the library, which made it unavailable when Cartoon Network Canada launched Adult Swim Canada. And apparently uh, the plan was to fix that and get the library and get everything straightened out eventually. But then... Teletoon was acquired by Chorus, the same company that owns YTV, and that whole thing kind of went down the toilet. In or 2015, uh, Adult Swim Canada expanded its reach. Now we're getting into the stuff that happened since I launched this podcast. We, and we've, we've had previous episodes about. Um, they tried to expand Adult Swim, and they made the promise that um, you know the, the block was going to be something worthwhile and started hyping it up, but then it turned out they still didn't have any of that catalog content. 
Um, and they had plans to actually axe Teletoon at night and move everything over to Adult Swim, but they decided not to at the last minute. Um, and ever since then, both Adult Swim Canada and Teletoon at night uh, have just kind of been in stasis. Teletoon at night has been like basically live action movies, um, but and even the content they had apart from Archer was just kind of run in marathons. That all ended last month when Teletoon at night finally formally came to an end and. That big, long legacy I just listed um, has come to a close. I should note, though, that this only applies to the English-language version of Teletoon. Uh, the, on the French version of Teletoon, Teletoon La Nuit, uh, is still going strong. Uh, in fact, it's a it's a more substantial cultural institution uh, for the French-speaking audience than the English version has ever been. Um, it, it could I, I don't think I'd be exaggerating if I said it was bigger than Adult Swim is in the state in that regard. But uh, yeah, Adult Swim Canada... In early March, uh, a lot of the promotional materials started leaking out, uh, and they even engaged in some guerrilla marketing. Young and Dundas, I think, they had a billboard up that says this is the uh, the billboard Ashley was talking about. The joke is that you would contact them about what's happening with Adult Swim Canada, and their publicist, Ashley, would tell you to look at the, the billboard, which is you know not as elaborate as a typical Adult Swim guerrilla strategy, but it was the closest they had ever gotten to this point, I would say. Because it's meta and smartass, that's pretty Adult Swim. Like, I feel like, I mean, I feel like I wouldn't be out of place to see a billboard that said, this is the billboard Jason or Lazo or somebody asked about. Like, I could absolutely see them doing the exact same bit in the States about something. Except they'd be in multiple cities and... Like, yeah, but I mean, like, that's, 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 that's AT&T money. <laughs> Have you guys actually been able to see any of this station at all? Uh, I've, I've been, I've been, uh, obviously aggressively looking over the schedule, um, for the next month. And, uh, it's interesting. Like, it's interesting that, like, during the free view period, they specifically don't have any garbage on it. And then the second that yeah. ends, they're like, time to run Stonados and RoboShark at 6 a.m. on Saturday morning. <laughs> hey, those like, are partial, those are partial CanCon. So if they have to run movies and they have to run CanCon, it's, Two birds with one stone. It, may, it makes perfect sense, and it is kind of like I, I feel like if Adult Swim's good, like it, I mean, the flip side is they also have stuff that just like straight up like Mean Girls and like other regular ass movies. Yeah, I N- Nacho mean Libre girls on that schedule, and I was like, what? <laughs> I mean, yeah. they're good. I mean, like the thing is, the comedies that they have on there that are actual proper comedies are good ones, and then they have some things that are like so ridiculously bad that I'm like, you know, it's kind of smart ass for them to be running it, but I still would rather just see that stay on like. Sci-fi, uh, and this, what's the, I'd rather see it stay on space. I don't like it on space, but I'd rather see it stay on space. (laughs) Their, their version of when Adult Swim decided to start playing the Pee Wee Herman show. That's, I mean, even that's, even, even, even even that's like kind of more fitting, cause like that actually, it's more, you know what it's more like? It's more like when Adult Swim's like, oh, we've gotta run, uh, Saved by the Bell. Okay. (laughs) Oh yeah, yeah, that one too, Jesus. Oh, like, man. I mean, though, I guess more equivalent for that would be like is if Adult Swim Canada ran like Street Sense or something. <laughs> Just put, like some <laughs> that would be amazingly like old timey Canadian teen content. <laughs> yeah. So I, I will say that I, I think for the most part, they've kind of they've done a much better job of figuring out the brand. Oh, yeah. It looks a lot better. Um, like when you look at what yeah. they're scheduling and also like there's some bold stuff like you're running like Joe Para in prime time. That's balls, man. Like, respect. <laughs> They're not doing that in the U.S. That's exactly. Sure. The movie, like, stuff like the movies, they do 
are running those live action movies. It is a, albeit at like garbage times that no one will see them. Like it's like perfectly. Well, re- actually, it's it's getting worse. Uh, by the end of by the beginning of May, they'll be running six p.m. movies on Saturdays and Sundays. Yeah, and as we get further away from the or towards the end of the free preview period, um, they they're actually running the movies every day, but just early in the morning. And yeah. you know, I think it's safe to say that you know. People don't really care what runs early in the day. Like nobody's but, watching. But, like, oh, hey, like, Die Hard. I mean, they, 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 Hill they, and Robot Chicken. Given the set of information they uh, or, or of, of titles they have, they're trying to be pretty good about how they're scheduling it to get as much information back out of it. Like you can tell, the scheduling is also designed for them to learn from. I think that, or they did it. That or they did it entirely randomly, and there was just like it's like either they're very clever here or they're just completely on autopilot, and I can't quite tell. But I'm going to lean towards, given the rest of the effort that's put in, them being very clever about trying to work out what's going to be optimal for them going forward. Here, here's probably the biggest problem is I don't think there's a singular vision behind how they're running Adult Swim Canada right now. Now, even if you can't watch Adult Swim Canada, I will say there are some promos that they released. Mm-hmm. Um, leading up to the launch. Uh, and when I watch those promos, it really I think they really demonstrate a sense of the creative thinking going on behind this channel because some of the promos are fantastic. Um, they had that that easy finance one, yes. uh, which it's great. It takes about it, it understands this adult swim kind of aesthetic of taking uh, stock footage and stringing it together in something that becomes increasingly nightmarish and incomprehensible as it goes on. Yeah, this turns buzzwords into, like, hell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and there was also the handshake uh, yes. uh, one. I think that with those two, they absolutely nailed it. Mm-hmm. Um, whoever was behind those ads, they get Adult Swim. There are I don't know if it was made in-house or outsourced, but regardless of, of how it was done... Whoever oversaw the production of those ads understands the brand. So there are people there working on Adult Swim Canada at Chorus. They understand the brand and they want it to to get through. Um, but that doesn't apply to every aspect of Adult Swim. There are a couple other ads like the hockey player getting his hair combed, which is something <laughs> that's that's been um, that's been, that that I've seen that one running on the network and it's on the website right now. A gymnast drinking maple syrup, stuff like that. That feels like like it's it's okay, but it's it always really... awkward to see like to try and be like, hey, Canadiana, but weird in exactly. that context. Like it takes a real real fine hand. So yeah. it's nice that they're trying, but it, if they're gonna lean into that, they're gonna have like that's gonna be an iterative process, yeah. and they're gonna have to be willing to. I mean, they're gonna have to be as weird as a, as as Adult Swim is in the states, and hire strange people to do this work. Yeah. <laughs> gonna... A big problem, a big problem with the old Adult Swim Canada approach when they were actually putting effort into promoting the the uh, Cartoon Network block back in the day, was that they were always fixated on Canadiana and always put the, like or really just weird Canadian stereotypes that can't be attached to anything, and just putting it they put it at the center, mm-hmm. and the like the other half of those ads. They're still doing that exact thing, just with a higher budget now. Yeah. Um, so you still have kind of some of that misguided thinking going into a lot of the approach with the current Adult Swim Canada. And it, it seems that I think for the most part it is being run by the same people. Um, you have to also have to remember that at Chorus, Chorus is run like a radio station, so everyone who works at Chorus, there's no one who's dedicated to Adult Swim Canada. They have to do like five other things. Mm-hmm. But it's getting more attention now, and there's more hands in it 
from what I've from what seems to be the case. I mean, the biggest thing is is you do look at that schedule and you're just like, they got a whole lot of Adult Swim ac- acquisitions plus some other leftover chorus bits in, in the movie rights, and you're like, okay, so is it this just going to be this? In which case, I feel like there's always going to be a bit of uh, they can sync up really nice with the U.S. network, but there's always going to be a bit of a limitation. Mm-hmm. Oh, and I should say they have a couple, you know. We're not we're, we're not going to escape some of these shows so easily <laughs> from from the, from the Teletoon days. Yeah, as no. slick as it is, the Archer Disney show is on um, Adult Swim Canada twenty four hour. There is also let's not forget about it. What's the what's the chant? What's the thing that uh, they have? They also have knuckleheads. Knucklehead. Knuckleheads, knuckleheads, and forget about it. Will be uh, airing at eight a.m. Uh, starting in a couple weeks. <laughs> And like that's you know of all the stuff to I mean I guess it's not Crash Canyon. <laughs> yeah, oh man, that was. <laughs> yeah, I remember when I said earlier how the little I saw would that get worse was after too after much. Uh, Bromwell High. Crash Canyon I think is the lowest point that Teletoon at Night ever hit. You know what the worst part about Teletoon's low points are? Just as an aside, is like adults will make batshit garbage. <laughs> But at least it like they went all in like it's nuts it's in fun in that way that is comp- like the, the like what kills about bad Teletoon adult content and bad CanCon generally is it's usually just aggressively mediocre it never crosses it never twelve ounce mouses its way into like genius <laughs> yeah 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 Crash Canyon it just it just so shamelessly knocks off or tries to make itself look like a Seth MacFarlane show it's but it's know, just I, flat it's just, it's just <sighs> yeah. It's, it's just it's a 22 minute drag. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know there are certain decisions that show that you know they understand what people don't want on Adult Swim. Yeah, like the movie, all the live action movies they air at different. They are airing at various times, and they they they're going to increase as time goes on with the station. But they do not cross over the sacred 8 p.m. hour. Yeah, uh, or at least that has not happened yet. So they're trying to keep that portion of the station. Kind of in line with as in sync with the Adult Swim brand as they can, yeah. Um, and that's good. So they at least recognize that people don't want the movies. It it does seem that for whatever reason they have to be there. I don't know if it's because it's mandated by chorus because Adult Swim is the only property they have where you know these action and crude comedy movies fit. Um, because you know they they, they obviously they license yeah. these movies in big batches from studios and they're just like we have to put these somewhere that fits. Um, the audience most closely than our in our network of stations, and Adult Swim is going to be the closest fit for that right now. Um, so it, this could be something mandated from the top. It could be just misguided decisions within the people who run the station. I don't know, but there 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 is some res- bare minimum level of restraint being exercised right now. Um, it, it's also possible that the the station is replacing Action. Mm-hmm. I actually haven't been able to find a copy of its license, but it's possible that they are required to run movies uh, because yeah. Action did focus on movies initially, uh, running action movies, basically. Yeah, so if they're um, using a license or skating by on something, they may have a time frame where they have to do that, and then eventually they can be reassessed on that. Yeah, I don't think that's the case, though, because... Seems like, unlikely. N- no one really cares about license conditions anymore. Uh, ever, ever since they killed genre protection in Canada, like no one cares how closely you adhere to... Your genre, thanks uh, that you were licensed for. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty much the reason genre protection died in Canada, like MTV and much. They basically said like that either big, I, either yeah. either we're going to fold these stations or we can run them the way we want to run them, which is was, exactly uh, the way they're run in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, it's it was a that was a big thing behind it, I think. Um, but yeah, so that's 
kind of where it's at. And of course, for the first two weeks of the station, as we mentioned, there's no CanCon, uh, but the CanCon is going to be slowly uh, rolled out. Um, and that already kind of hurts because I'm like, that's where you could have slid in some anime. <laughs> well, you know, here's the thing. So they're keeping the CanCon out of the primetime hours, which yeah. there's a few ways they could do this. In an ideal world where they still have to make CanCon, um, they would be making their own stuff. They would be greenlighting stuff that would be good enough for the U.S. network to air. Even um, it wouldn't even. I mean, that would be ideal. I'd even just settle for stuff that's pretty solid, like Night Sweats. <laughs> Night Sweats, because like that's like that like, costs nothing for them I, to run. It would fit in. Like if you slid that in between, like your pretty face is going to hell and Dream Company LLC. Yeah. Uh, you you wouldn't notice it. You'd be like, oh yeah, sure. Night Sweats season two just just have Chris and Bart make all the content themselves this time. Like that would that would be great, and that you could you know even if they had to cut it down to fourteen plus so they can run it earlier in the day. You know, it, yeah. I think it would still be, if they were doing stuff like that for the CanCon, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. And that would also fulfill the purpose of CanCon, which is to produce stuff, not air catalog stuff. But, yeah. um, you know, it's just how regulation works. You find ways to get around it. Um, but the, the problem is that by not airing uh, CanCon at night, it limits what they can air. Because um, even though they're being extremely laid back in uh, what they allow on the air during the yeah. day... Um, like Two Nuts and a, and a Richard, as awful as that show is, yeah. um, like it, you can't get away with that in in the morning. That would uh, that would violate um, regulation. Somebody, somebody pointing... would be someone would be sad about it. And the problem is, yeah. is like we're not we're not we're not in, we're not in the, the old days where just Canadian cable was wilding. Like we're just not in that lane anymore. Well, on that po- I should probably point out that uh, just to. To, to kill a common misconception, Canadian cable is more highly regulated than U.S. cable, actually. But the thing is that, because we have CRTC and CBSC regulations mm-hmm. for content, but the thing is that those regulations are extremely permissive. Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you keep the most graph, like most adult graphic content after 9 p.m. Um, watershed, and you run disclaimers after every commercial break, with a with a, a voiceover and just explicitly stating what's in the content, you can pretty much get away with anything. Um, and then even during the day, they have like express guidelines that are pretty lax compared to what you usually see in the U.S. Like it, like there's an explicit rule that says you can say shit during the day um, on Canadian TV. In the U.S., it's unregulated, but you also have uh, advertisers are much more skittish in the U.S. in a big advertisers are real t- twitchy. Yeah, uh, and and it's almost entirely because of uh, you know special interest groups yeah. mostly run out of the U.S. Midwest, um, which have an incredibly which are in- incredibly powerful and have a lot of media and in the stuff. family. Yeah, and that stuff just doesn't exist in the same way in Canada, and that's why that, that we see such a big difference in what you see in you you can see in Canadian cable mm-hmm. and U.S. cable. Um, nonetheless, they are pushing, they, I mean, they're pushing it pretty, I mean, they're, 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 they are really pushing things that they can get away with during the day, but they still draw the line. Like, Mr. Pickles, mm-hmm. um, the more well, the infomercials are all specifically being run late at night because they get yeah. pretty messed up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ooh, you're not yeah. gonna see, you're not gonna see too many cooks during the day. Um, or Mr. Pickles <laughs> or Super Jail or anything like that. Um, but they run some stuff, like, they, they ran uh, mostly for millennials, uh, during the day, which I thought was, um, well, well, first of all, it was terrible. Um, but also, I thought it was uh, <laughs> ah, that show. Yeah. Um, Look, they needed that... they needed someone to replace their other terrible shows. That they... 
mostly for me? Let, let's let's keep it a thousand. Do you want most? Is. Do you want mostly for millennials, or do you want like million dollar extreme? <laughs> do we want? Do we want the alt right adult swim show? Th- thankfully, million so. dollar extreme has been nowhere to be found. Yeah, <laughs> that would that would that would have been such a huge warning flag if I see that yeah. in, the, in the in the schedule list. I'd be like, yo. Trying to get like wild rose voters in Alberta. Oh God, yeah. Um, the station's a little all over the place, and um, satisfying those CanCon regulations is is probably going to be a challenge. And well, it isn't helping it being scattershot. Like that's why you have, yeah. like I said, you don't you don't run Stonados for no reason. You're like, oh, that's fifty percent CanCon or maybe a hundred percent CanCon. But <laughs> Yeah, but, well, like I said, like, if it kills two birds with one stone, if they have to run movies and they have to run CanCon, getting those sci-fi direct-to-television to, direct to movies, throw those on the air, 8 a.m., fine. I, don't I, feel, like no could, I feel like if, they could, if, if, if it weren't for the fact that having people comment on a movie is uh, trademarked, those would be the perfect thing to just feel like, hey, you want to make that even more in, in branding? Just put snark over the top of it, or at least around it. Like I hope the bumps they put on that stuff is just like, yeah, we legally have to air this garbage. We apologize. Like that would be perfect. That'd be like, all right, go, go. You're fine. Like if they can wrap the movies the right, maybe it's it still shouldn't be there, but at yeah. least they could like sneak it in into I'm the not, town. Yeah, I'm not I, hopeful for that, but it would be awesome. <laughs> here's the thing: they're not they're not doing their own bumps or anything. There's there's a lot of the content they have is just brought in from the states. So far, all of the cards and bumps that I've seen are direct from the U.S., which is good. Yeah, no, um, that's a great place to start. Yeah. But if you're uh, going to start having stuff, if you're gonna, the more content you run outside of that lane, which you may have to do, again, for regulations, the more they need to be able to kind of walk on their own two feet. Now, the, the question is, is that going to keep going? Because right yeah. now, uh, I, you know, I, I, when... When, when, when we were getting the April Fool's joke, the uh, Adult Swim was actually streaming that online. And I was, like, cross-checking between what was on in the U.S. and what was on in Canada. Uh, you know, they, they, they got rid of the, the cards that say, check out our streams, because one big problem with Adult Swim Canada, of course, is that they don't have any kind of streaming platform. Um, there's nothing on the Internet right now. It's like, so they're owned by a cable company. So the last thing they want to do is provide over-the-top options. What Shaw, well, wants, well, to do is, what Shaw wants you to do is to have a Shaw connection and then you use Shaw's app to watch Shaw stuff. Like that's. But they don't. But they don't even have an app you can use. They used to have Show Me, but they don't uh, have like. A, they don't have anything like Crave, um, uh, which is owned by Bell. So that's a big. It's a big mess. With our with the system right now is that there's no Hulu in Canada. There's no Hulu equivalent. You just have these kind of broken streaming platforms that half serve the audience. You have well, basically you have Crave and you have CBC Gem and then you have some French services. That overall is the big drawback of um, of just having chorus have ever, have all this stuff. On one hand, Adult Swim content finally getting into the Canadian media ecosystem properly for the first time well, in a massive way. Like we would have settled yeah. for just literally new shit on Cartoon Network. Like they could have yeah. just done. They could have kept it. I suspect. I think that they have been planning to launch this since their last failed attempt to revitalize Adult Swim. Because back in 2015, when they, you know, expanded Cartoon Network, they hyped up uh, that they were expanding Adult Swim Canada. And they almost seemed to be shocked that people were disappointed that there was no Adult Swim content Mm -hmm. um, in it. Uh, Because at at that time, they very much just saw the Adult Swim brand as popular brand from the U.S., 
you run cartoons for grown-ups under. Um, this like, the brand, I, right? You can run whatever you want. It's like, well, yeah. if that's the case, like, adults wouldn't be, like, constantly trying to get whatever creatives they could to do work for them. That's what they don't understand. I, I guarantee you there was probably some meeting that went on in Chorus that basically amounted to someone saying, hey, did you guys know that this Adult Swim thing is the highest rated uh, network in the U.S. for men 18 to 34? I had no idea. I'll guarantee you those words were uttered at at some meeting. So, I mean, one thing I'll, I'll say for the Canadian network is they launched it just in time because they may not have, they may have a harder time filling that channel in two to three years. I, it could be too late. Like, mm-hmm. I would not, th- this effort is not too little, but mm-hmm. it might be too late. Because right. yeah. the, the thing is that ever since the backlash they got from 20, in 2015, yeah. I think they have been trying to figure out Adult Swim and they finally arrived at this as the solution. And, yeah. I, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Adult Swim had a lot of problems on the other side, too. Yeah, but just keep in mind that, that you know, shortly after the uh, like the 2015 thing happened with uh, Adult Swim Canada for broadcast, then Adult Swim in the states launched the Canadian app, and then when that happened, they started chorus started marked about the time they went back on their plan to move effectively move Teletoon uh, at night over to Adult Swim Canada. So I think you can kind of trace their relationship that was going on during that time. It's not uh, great. <laughs> by how uh, how prominent that app was. Um, and so I think there, there was definitely kind of a back and forth going on there. Probably some horse this trading is what we've that. arrived at now. And, you know, the app was terrible, but at least you could get the whole... Um, it, le- it let you get most of the library in Canada, yeah. at least, even if it wasn't ideal. Um, one thing that has disappointed me with the station is that they were hyping up the on-demand selection, and it's it's almost nothing. It's just a bunch of random episodes. I don't understand why they can't just make the whole... I was hoping it would be like the whole library, similar to that app, available through on-demand. I feel but like even, it's going to be the kind of thing where they want to get everything first run on the network first, and then they'll be dumping stuff into the app slowly. We'll like, see. Like, I feel yeah, like, not, I mean, not the app, on-demand. On, uh, excuse yeah. me, into on-demand slowly. Yeah. I feel like they're not, yeah. I feel like, I feel, and it's like honestly how a lot of cable stations populate their on-demand is what's aired recently. So if nothing's aired recently, tough shit. Um, but I do get the sense that that's, I mean, I mean, if they don't have all, if they didn't do a library from the jump, it means they're used to, they're falling back to, this is how we normally fill in on, on-demand. Yeah. And with all the bullshit that comes with that. I was like, oh, I'd like to go back and I know all of adults. I know that all of Steven Universe has aired in the States, but you can't see it all on my parents on demand and Comcast. Yeah. They, uh, still, they show it's whatever's aired recently. Also <laughs> worth emphasizing, still no streaming options for any Cartoon Network content in Canada at all <laughs> in in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, again, it just shows the state of chorus right now. They ha- like, yes, finally, with Adult Swim, they, they got the linear more or less figured out. Yeah. Now there's like... But Three other things they need to sort with. <laughs> the on-demand is not sorted out, and then like the online streaming option is non-existent, and there's no sign that that's going to be resolved on the horizon. So that's kind of the big trade-off here. It's hard to say how much, you know, h- how far they're going to get with this station now because of that, um, which is 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 pretty unfortunate. But you know, this, again, that, that's something that we can really only speculate on right now um, because we're it's really uncertain how. Um, you know, Canadian media is going to evolve as everyone's scrambling to figure out the streaming thing. I do have one flaming hot take on that. I think that uh, I think that Chorus and Shaw should partner with CBC Gem and get their stuff on that service because you know CBC has they they have some CBC actually content. CBC has actually managed to build a pretty decent app there because I think yeah. they understand that like that is 
Uh, where, I mean, it gets them, it's one way of them keeping relevance, even if people, uh, start dropping, start dropping their cable subscriptions while also not necessarily getting OTA, especially in smaller markets. It lets people yeah. get access to CBC content one way or the other and justify yeah. its continued existence. Um, and they and have third party content too. They, yeah. they have, they have Portlandia. Uh, Luther and a few other shows from yeah. uh, the U.S. and U.K. Yeah. So I think that I think that getting getting like stuff from Shaw would be a well for them it would certainly be a boon. I think it's something Shaw and Core should consider from their end too. It's, uh, it's only promotionally, like you know, even if you're yeah. not, even if it like is a rinse on cost up front, you can be like, yeah, but now people know. People yeah. who are not necessarily going to seek that out, we can say like, hey, but they know now that this show is on there because we will stick a fucking card in front of it to yeah. say so. Because they, I mean, they don't have their own infrastructure. They yeah. they completely trashed it when they got rid of Show Me. And if they are building something new or coming up with a new strategy, they are taking way too long <laughs> with it right now. Um, they have to get this figured out fast I, yeah well um, i mean because it's you know, like they're like it's they're under a uh, multiple guns with especially yeah. i think the adult swim network in terms of what it is because like at any moment at&t might be like you know we just want to do an international ott play with all of this turner warner content yeah. at which point like they'll gradually wind those contracts down and they will have nothing for it yeah um, and who knows like we're still waiting on verve in yeah. canada and when verve launches like maybe they'll want to have some of this stuff streaming on there. Yeah, like that's always uh, I mean, a strong that's, possibility. Verb is a Verb, of, Verb is like in such a bizarre but... spot right now because it went from being technically under the AT&T umbrella which didn't involve any other media companies to being fully under that and involving other media companies. Meanwhile, they'd already inked deals with like Viacom for yeah. all this Nick content and it's like that's uh, I mean in oh, it's like it's it's so it's very obvious to me that like that would be AT&T's easiest move into um, like having their own like they could throw all of their content on that plus licensing and really get uh, sort of jumpstart a a Netflix kind of competitor or an OTT like you know PSTV kind of competitor or both with that because they've already got a solid app they've got infrastructure they've it, it's all very established and all very strong. And as best as anyone can tell, it's pretty scalable, other than when Funimation, or not Funimation, when Crunchyroll chokes when some new giant show drops and the site eats dirt. Yeah. Um, like, there may be some scalability issues if they really wanted to make this an international play, but the parts are there, are in motion. And at any point, they could say, we've got this huge library of content, and we're beginning to see other parts of our library being weaponized against us, or things that we had licensed previously and developed being now pulled back in and, and thrown against us. So we need to, like, at what point do they want to, do they say, forget these short-term licensing things, we need to have our long-term walled garden rolling so that we yeah. can get that 8 bucks a month yeah. or 10 so, bucks a month. Sketch, did you have any thoughts just on you know, just what you've seen and heard of Adult Swim Canada so far and just the whole kind of strategy or, or whatnot behind it? Well, as I looked over those promos, and I agree that I, I feel like they are aesthetically getting it right with those yeah. stock footage ones. And then the other ones that's just making fun of Canadian tropes, I'm I'm not quite sure who that's supposed to be appealing to. Is it because as an American over here in the U.S., I'm like, this is kind of funny to me because, lol, the Canadians... 
but why would the Canadians want to laugh at themselves like that? <laughs> it's never made any sense. Um, it's, it's a very, very like odd it's, choice. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a very American view of Canadiana where like a Canadian view of Canadiana would read much differently. <laughs> yeah, it's like, like Canadians trying to emulate an American view of Canadiana and not getting it right at all. Yeah, like, yeah it's, that's, like, that's, it's, that's, it's like some sort of like levels of abstraction or emulation yeah. there. It, it, yeah. It's like, this might have been a good idea, but not really. Yeah. Like, and, I, uh, I'm just so amused by this guy having gravy poured over him in a tub full of fries. Like, yeah, poutine. poutine yeah. Guys. Gross. Does, it, <laughs> yeah. does anyone else remember poutine? Which is like, which is like, okay, that's not a very American view of Canadiana, and I could say that yes. as somebody who firmly straddles that. Uh, Drinking maple syrup while doing gymnastics. Yeah. It's like, it's weird. As an American Canadian, or Canadian American, however you want to cut that one, um, I feel like there's other stuff that's like Canadiana that you'd probably want to like, if you want to make a dig, make a joke about like how like, Tim Hortons and Donuts suck now, but it's okay because Adult Swim is here. Like, just kind of like, <laughs> yeah, that would, been, that would be that better. Would be <laughs> yeah, isn't um, it? We- or, or be like, isn't it weird that all of these like that Canada has a bunch of places named after American things? Boston Pizza, New York Fries, Montana's. How did that happen? Adult Swim, boom. Yeah, um, <laughs> they, you you should be working for them. I, I, you should be doing the copy uh, for them. Yeah. Oh, Speaking of which, Carl, like you're not the one running that Adult Swim Canada parody Twitter, are you? No, I I wish I was like if I were running that, I would be. I assure you, it's not me either. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who's running it. It's pretty good. Um, on that note, that person Adult should Swim, have a job probably with actually Adult Swim they, Canada. I I think they may have been getting them to post updates. Uh, That's brilliant. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that, that account is really great if you're not following it, by the way. And also, it, it looks. Uh, I was just informed of this. It looks like uh, Adult Swim Canada. Canada has is uh, phasing out all of their existing social media. They shut down their Facebook. Their Twitter is locked. Um, it's not clear what they're doing. What I find weird is that they have, through their promotional material, they have been directing people to the American social media for Adult Swim. So I wonder if they're even going to have a Canadian social media. I mean, or they're just going to divert everyone to the U.S. If huh. they're doing that, they really need to stick more closely to this idea of mirroring. Um, well, they, the to, they, they need to mirror the U.S. station closely. And then at that point, you got to say, like, actually, what we're doing is basically having this whole thing. Like, at that point, you're saying we're really just here as a conduit. You know, like Chorus isn't running the station. Chorus is providing space for the station. And meanwhile, all the guidance is actually just like, yeah. you know, Lazo and, and, and DeMarco are working overtime, as they often do on any sort of side project that not that doesn't yet make any money. And um Basically saying it's like this exists because this exists as a pipeline direct basically from Adult Swim US. So of course we can use the same social media because the schedules and the key area is going to line up and then we, it becomes a wedge for AT&T to then eventually take maybe one of the other, uh, uh, channels that they have and then maybe they'll eventually flip that content over there and then they'll just literally be mirror stations. It's like if that's a long term plan, not an unreasonable one, the then anime will definitely have to show up on the Canadian station at some point, because that would be a major discontinuity. Because that would also be, yeah. for a U.S. station, running anime reruns um, would be a great way to fill out the block, especially because there's a lot of that content that could easily be run during the day straight. Um, you know, so it's... When you, when you put it that way, you make 
getting anime on the block sounds so dystopian. <laughs> oh, the re- oh, reasoning? Yeah. The reasoning? Yeah, the, reasoning the reasoning being like you could fit, and it's like, it, it helps you, uh, <laughs> and it helps you, uh, align with, uh, uh, corporate American behemoth. Yeah, that's not a happy reasoning for it. But it is part of, like, it's, if it, it would be a, it would be a possible driver. Um, because yeah. like the other things that I would consider obvious drivers clearly aren't enough that they're going to clearly weren't enough that they would launch with it. Cause well, the other, yeah. the other side of it is, is like, yeah, run a bunch of ocean doves. Um, exactly. one, like, one, one to lock them out of wow, which you know is coming. And two, because that fills your time with something people actually give a fuck about. Uh, you know, it's like, it's a win, win, win all across the board and they didn't do it. Well then cost or effort just must not be there for it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, worth noting though that, and we'll 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 get into anime more in a few minutes. But uh, outside of anime, like, there's not really any third-party content on the station at all outside of the uh, the Disney Fox shows. Um, there's no Boondocks. There's no home movies. Uh, um, the the fate of um, I can uh, I can see my case of mysteries is up in the air. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen with that show. Yeah, I can uh, I can see no home movies starts. because it's pre HD. Like I don't think we're yeah. going to see any pre HD acquisition content. That's just not how they run stations anymore. Um, yeah. But it's interesting that there's plenty of post HD acquisition content that they could have on, and the only things that they have technically in that lane, uh, I mean most of it's directly the same stuff that Adult Swim has, and then Archer. Yeah. But the thing, but with like can't with. Canadian dubbed anime. I wasn't expecting any anime when the station launched, even if they have an intention of, of adding any, including the Fooly Cooly um, season two and season three, uh, progressive and alternative. I will also say, I sus- even though they're funded by William Street, I think they're actually in the same kind of limbo as Mike Tyson Mysteries, which Netflix currently has because it was not made by William, St- not produced by William Street technically. It was produced by Warner, which was. You know, until recently considered a completely separate entity from Adult Swim. Yeah, um, but of course, now with the of... new AT&T control, that stuff's all getting amalgamated more. Yeah. So that raises questions of how that's going to look. Well, I also wonder, Nonetheless, I also wonder with specifically with Fully Coley, they really want that to be in like if I'm AT&T and I'm already doing things like saying, hey, Genlock's basically an anime. This also has to, you know, it's, I know it's for Rooster Teeth services, but we also got to stream this on Crunchyroll. I'd take a look at Fully Coley 2 and 3, especially me like, if we're putting this up anywhere for international access, it has to be on this platform we already have. Yeah. Or we'll sit um, on it until it's squared. Like, yeah. they will, they will wait, they will iron out those rights until they can, because that makes so much damn sense. Yeah. It's such but good go, business. Going back to what you said about, Adult Swim Canada just being a vessel for AT&T content. Like, right now, it doesn't feel that way at all. Mm-hmm. Um, Chorus is still very much running the show. Yes. Uh, and you, fe- you feel that in the uh, in the station. And that's the, that's not in itself a bad thing, but the fact that there's... The problem is that they're still making the same kind of mistakes in terms of emulating the Adult Swim atmosphere and flow is a problem. Um this so I, I know I described how great the April Fool's joke was when it when it when it launched and how everything you know they had the bumpers they had the proper cards um, they had uh, the uh, they had logo the, the 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 logo but they had also two ad breaks every half hour mm-hmm. um, which is that's one been one consistent problem with Adult Swim content is that Teletoon would always splice an extra ad break in and then end the show at the end of the credits, and then transition into the next show, whereas the proper Adult Swim flow, which, in my opinion, is a very important part of the voice and um, a, and overall a, brand of Adult Swim, is that... part of the aesthetic. 
part of the aesthetic, you have one ad break in the middle of a program, then then one ad break at the end of the program, and then from there you move on to the next program. Mm -hmm. There's a very specific flow. You know, go read Raymond Williams' work on how television flows. Like, Adult Swim is kind of self-aware of that flow of television, and it plays with it. And that's an important part of the experience of watching the block. And that is something that's missing in Adult Swim Canada, and it just it makes everything feel cheap when you get rid of that and splice those extra ad breaks in. Yeah. And, you know, just have those chorusisms popping up. Now, he, he, here's the thing about the station, about how chorus runs stations. And we'll get into Toonami and anime again in a sec. But I want to state something very important, is that when uh, right now they are putting a lot of resources in, and I think they're listening to feedback about how... To, how you know, what people want from this station. Um, it's important to note that when a chorus runs the channel, there's like a one, maybe two-year window in which they're going to invest in the station and try to improve it. After that, uh, the station is going to go into, like, kind of an automation mode. Usually it'll be a peg or two below wherever they set the bar <laughs> when they're when they're paying attention to things. And then wherever it settles into after that, that is the station it's going to be until the day is terminated. We've already seen this happen with Nick Canada. We've seen it happen with Cartoon Network Canada. Yeah. Cartoon Network Canada is... What it is now is what it will be until the day it's terminated. And unfortunately, it's a little worse than it was when it launched. When it launched, it had everything day and date with the U.S. They had very, you know, fairly current promos. It was, you know, it wasn't a complete sync with the U.S., but it was pretty close. But they let things slip over time. Now things are like, I think at best a half, uh, uh, maybe like a few days delayed from the U.S., but usually a, a week. Um, scheduling's a bit more all over the place. The promos are out of date. We don't see a lot of new promos. It's going to be like that till I, the station ends. I can't recall, though. Does, does Cartoon Network Canada run nonstop Teen Titans, though? It doesn't, no. So, I mean, technically, uh, <laughs> I mean, you got to give them a little credit. <laughs> uh, okay. It's, no it's disrespect for the wrong, to Titans, for the but still. wrong reasons, yeah. but I will give them credit for that. Um, <laughs> but the thing is with Adult Swim Canada, like whatever is whatever is the best they can make that station within the next one to two years, yeah. slightly worse than that is yeah. what the uh, is what the station is going to settle into being forever. So I think it's really important that they get the quality up as high as possible so that what we're stuck with is maybe a little better than what we're getting now. Yeah. Um, and I think, and I, I you know, I kind of like to hear your thoughts on this too, but I think there are several key things that they absolutely have to do and just make as regular practices in running the channel um, now while they still can and so that it will forever be a, just a, a part of how things are done and how things are done by default with the way that you run Adult Swim Canada as an everyday thing. Um, they need to they need to keep fighting to have two ad breaks every half hour and have shows end on an ad break rather than end on the final credits. They do do this with Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty is the one exception. So that if they can pull it off with Rick and Morty, I think they can pull it off with their other thirty minute programs. Um, and it, like it really having those extra ad break breaks spliced in really destroys the flow of like Samurai Jack and um, well, Adventure Brothers. Well, yeah, and well, that, that stuff. Well, yeah, no, those. Well, thing is, is like the Adult Swim. I'd call original content or Cartoon Network original content is to ad break content, all of it. Um, and so that needs to be handled that way. I don't care if they do it for the Fox shows because Fox shows are three ad break content or more. 
uh, for some of the later season stuff on that. Yeah. Fine. That's then meant to flow in that way. That's the, how it been, how it's been built for television. But for any of the uh, stuff that was built by, uh, Turner, Warner, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, it's always been built since network inception for, um, two ad breaks. You got to do it like that or you're, yeah, you're screwing up the flow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. If nothing else, even if they can't reduce the number of ad breaks, they should at least have the third ad break air at the end of the program rather than before the credits. Yeah. Uh, and keep that flow going. Uh, another point that also, they also have, uh, disclaimers mm-hmm. that are different. This is actually one thing I wanted to emphasize. They have very well done disclaimers on the new Adult Swim Canada, but they're done closer to compliance with CBSC regulations. So, you know, it details, you know, sexuality, coarse language, violence, um, and they have a, a narrator saying these things because uh, they, they're actually supposed to be voiced. They were not in compliance with this on the old Adult Swim Canada. Um, so that that's something that uh, can be kind of grating when it's run over and over. That's a consistent part of Canadian television. But reducing the number of ad breaks will also help. Uh, How often does that air? Every hour? So according to CBSC regulations, you have to run a disclaimer after every commercial break and at the beginning of a program. Uh, this is yeah, <laughs> but the trade-off the trade-off is that when you run those disclaimers, your ass is covered for being, <laughs> yeah, anything you wear. Yeah, it's basically That's, like we said these words, get out of jail free. Now we can use yeah. all the swears of duty we want. Like they could, <laughs> like I mean, we joke, but like literally with those with those cards, they could run like name like a controversial anime, and they would be cleared. They'd be clear for like. Yeah. Anything. That, that's the trade-off, and something that I wish they would take advantage of more. They can run anything, um, even during the day. Like technically, they, they it will cover them for a lot of graphic violence and nudity during the day because there aren't explicit rules against showing those things during the day. As long as you are able to prove that it's not sexually explicit or overly gratuitous, and like something like Samurai Jack, for instance, um, the violence is anything but gratuitous in that show in the in season five. Yeah. So. By CBSE regulations, there's no problem with running that during the day as long as you have the right rating and right. the disclaimers. Right. Um, but, you know, the, if you have an ad, when you have three ad breaks spliced, spliced in the show, that's three, dis, um, yeah. four disclaimers yeah. through the show. Well, yeah. great if that, that's another reason to, to keep the ad breaks on the low is it just yeah. keeps you out of that problem of yeah. constantly interrupting your flow with uh, the following program may have a lot of, and 30 now, seconds later. Fair, <laughs> to be fair, the, the 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 disclaimers are. I think they were actually done in the U.S. because mm-hmm. uh, they fit the current. They have like the nature scenes, so that it's they they put effort into that to make it fit in, which is good. <laughs> well, they weren't doing that before. The, big, the biggest thing is is this is like so. Adult Swim has a certain aesthetic now. It's Adult Swim. They'll inevitably evolve it, and that's the make or break point. Is is like at yeah. the point at which Adult Swim America. And there's a couple of things that come back. Point at which Adults of America switches up their look, a point at which they come to terms with whatever they're going to get to keep or lose from uh, Disney Fox, and also any new programming from here on out. Like, right now they're day and date with, like, a lot of cool stuff like Laser Wolf and all that. They're also finally yeah. digging back into a bunch of stuff that they had missed. Um, great. They need to be – they have to keep that up. They really actually can't fall below that. They can't be yeah. two pegs below where they are now, which means yeah. in the next – year they need to try harder so if they fall back to this it's okay yeah they have to so, <laughs> yeah, they have, they the have to keep, they have like, to keep a day and date they cannot slip at all and that goes not for just for content but also for aesthetic. cards and bumpers yeah they have to that stuff has to be 
day and date with the U.S. as well. It is, as far as we can tell, it is. Um, but if things start changing in the U.S. and they don't change in Canada, that's going to be a very bad sign. So yeah, that's like, have that's, to make that's, sure that's the canary, man, right yeah, there. That, refre- that, that kind of refreshing has to be part of the deal. Again, it's not clear where, where they are with that, but, you know, yeah. they can fix it. Yeah, because, like, um, the, the worst thing Chorus can do is, like, we did this one-time push and then let it autopilot. And, like, that's not how Adult Swim has maintained vitality by not just staying in the same lane for, you know, nearly 20 years now. Yeah. Um, you know, like part of the reason why Machu Picchu was so unexpected is, is it was like this throwback to this earlier adult swim aesthetic. But that's the whole point is, is that aesthetic has changed over time. Yeah. And so if they don't keep up with that, uh, on the, on the Canadian channel, that's it. Like they, they are, they are, they are literally a, a handful of slight changes and will they'll already be in the hole again. At which point course will probably just let it roll. Probably just let it one die. Thing that's, one thing that's noticeably missing is promos from the U.S. Uh, even though they have simulcast premieres, they do not have any promos. In the in the entire time the station has been running this week, mm. they have not run a single promo for Laser Wolf. Um, whereas I know they've been running them all the time in the U.S. Oh, yeah. um, so they they didn't even cut one themselves. Uh, I think that they need to try and push for promos to be part yeah. of what they're getting, at least for those premieres, because their in-house ads are not very good. Um, they're better than they were when they were on Cartoon Network. They're, they're, but they're still leaning back on like, you know, footage of the show, white text on black, and then if you're lucky, they don't do any, um, uh, any voiceover. And, but sometimes they do a voiceover and it ruins it. Um, they, they're, they have a, a Rick and Morty show, uh, promo running right now. It would be mediocre and watchable. Were it not for this terrible voiceover that they put in. Rick and Morty! And it's like, no, no announcer voice. Yeah, it's it's really bad. They need to they need to reevaluate that. And still a lot of the ads are like splicing in white text on black card aesthetic, which I don't believe Adult Swim in the States have actually used for any of their promos in years. I don't think it is really, even really ever. Like even yeah. I mean even like, even Adult Swim that's, that's like that's like that's like that's for a general block promo. Yeah. For a specific show, usually they're a little bit more or for this way, to the extent it's like that white text that, that's right at the end of the ad, and it's sharp, and it's quick, and it's the right font size, and it's 100% on yeah. point and aesthetic. And then the rest of the ad's been really snappily, like, cause I think they did some stuff for that, for like Family Guy back in the day. Yeah. But I mean, it's really, if you're going to do those kind of ads, you have to be great with editing. And of course, Cartoon Network has like kept its murderer's row of editing talent for, again, decades like the people who worked on tsunami promos back in the day work on them now and they have now they're now at the point where a generation raised on that quality is applying for jobs with degrees and networking at cartoon network so that's i mean that cycle is not present here in canada so you either have to start it or you just have to go buy it and it seems really stupid not to just get oh we're running all your shows send us all the promo material yeah that aesthetic Mm-hmm. Is only for the cards. It's not for promos. Mm-hmm. And when they lean back on it, it it's just being cheap. Yeah. That, that, I think that's a hurdle for Adult Swim is that executives will often look at just the simple white text on black aesthetic, and they they they, look, they see that and they say, "Oh, great, we don't have to spend any money on this." We could we could we can have an intern go make these cards. Yeah. It's like unless that intern is like, you know, a certain mailroom intern at Turner who ended up running the network, um, that ain't gonna work. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they have to break away. They have to break away from that. They they cannot lean on the the, the card aesthetic. Well, they can't. Uh, they they, to, well, I mean, if it's going to be there, you still need somebody who actually has the drive to edit a yeah. promo. So it's actually not going to. It's not going to be cheaper anyway. per se. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, that's one thing they have to do. Move away from that aesthetic. 
and try and get some U.S. promos mm-hmm. because they, they can't cut them all themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, they need to get rid of the movies. Uh, the movies, they fit the Teletoon at Night brand for better or worse, but, you know, they don't fit Adult Swim. Um, at the very least, and it seems that they might not be able to, this might be like a upper management thing, making them run the movies. Um, they need to at least get rid of those 6 p.m. Saturday and Sunday movies. No, they could um, be, they can be on a garbage times in the morning that, yeah. that, where, that most people are probably just watching yeah. traffic on like, I, city to know whether they're going to get to their commute. <laughs> yeah. But then even then, like, if they got to run movies, at least put a little more thought. Like, what if Adult Swim in the U.S. were to start running movies, what would they run? Yeah, I think that's a question they should ask. What um, they should do is they should literally go to like you're you're buying this stuff from them. You got to be talking to them and be like, look, we got to run movies. It's in our license or our bosses are saying that, but we're allowed to like look around at stuff. If you were to run movies on Adult Swim, Mr. Lazo or whatever, what would you pick up? Like if you had like you had this kind of budget, what would you kind of like be looking at for these things? Or what would you guys be looking at towards your own catalog if you had to do it? Like if AT&T came to you tomorrow and said like, you got to run something out of the Warner catalog, what would you pick? And same question, but chorus catalog. Yeah. And I think there's, I think there's good answers to that. Um, I think some of those may literally be like, he might literally say like, run the weirdest garbage you have and then like promo your way out of it. <laughs> it's a, that's a super adult swim thing to do. And you can make, you absolutely like it, like if it, if it, if it, you could, you could make that into its own weird scree staple, but it, that requires effort. And I think what it keeps boiling down to is adult swim is an achievable thing, but you have to put fucking time into it, even if it seems like it's really simple. It's that, yeah. it's that effortless flow of movement where you have, all the little cues and hallmarks in just the right spot and you can make any of this stuff work. And that's been something Cartoon Network's been genius about for, again, 20 years. Like, Card Captors on uh, Kids WB looks like garbage. You see the Toonami promo and you think it's the hottest shit ever because they understand what to pull out even of a bad dub that's been hacked to bits, how to sell that show. And that's something that Adult Swim can, Canada can do even if they get saddled with some weak content. But they have to take the time to do that. Yeah. Otherwise, it's going to detract from everything else they're doing. Looking at the schedule so far, it's 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 definitely a bizarre thing to look at because I I I did kind of keep a little bit of tabs on the Adult Swim block schedule over in Canada and always seemed to be fairly oh it's always the same crap over and over again. But this this is definitely way more interesting and honestly. Probably as weird as it looks, in a sense, probably more interesting than if they had done an Adult Swim 24-7 in the U.S. Yeah, I don't think Adult Swim 24-7 in the U.S. is going to run, like, the NTSF yada 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 at noon. (laughs) No, no. I mean, they're running even, they actually are running some of the infomercials, like, uh, in the middle of the day on Saturday, 1.30 p.m., check it out with Scott Clam. 1.45 p.m., the suplex-duplex complex. Like, that's nuts. Yeah. That's crazy. A, a lot of this might be a stunt for the, the preview period. Even if too. it's, even like, if it's a stunt, like it's such, like, it's, there's, they are stunting. Running, they're yeah. running bedtime stories at 1 p.m. <laughs> they're running, <laughs> like, that is... Pretty wild. That's like, there's yeah. no way the U.S. Here's the thing. There was no way the U.S. would stunt like that. They have enough data where they'd be like, eh, we're going to put like, I mean, especially with how a lot of U.S. cable channels are programmed now, I could easily just see like in between 
like 10, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. just literally just being rotating like different animated sitcoms and then all the weird shits in between 10 p.m. and, and 10 a.m. Yeah. Like easily that would be like that would be in Mostly. no way, uh, no way shocking. And anime to the extent that would be in the daytime loop would just be like, yeah, DBZ, My Hero Academia. You know, or DB Super, My Hero Academia, and like Naruto and shit. Like, just like the big fucking Shonen titles. Actually, like, if I were them, I'd be like, haha, we finally get to run the Shonen titles in the afternoon again. Psych! Tsunami's back, bitches! Like, that would be, that would be their huge cheat. That's what, that would be great, but they would probably be more like, ah, let's put this on at 6 a.m. Yep. (laughs) Good morning. We we already touched, we already touched on the idea that if you, if they were to run just like, four-hour marathons every day of Inuyasha or Ocean Dub, uh, Dragon Ball Kai, or mm-hmm. something. They could satisfy their Canadian content regulations by doing that, while also staying in lo- completely in line with the Adult Swim brand. And while um, also giving, like, if expand it, like, it gets to that point of you're building a higher level to fall back from. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, we have to point out, they still have to meet CPE, Canadian Program Expenditure Requirements, but honestly, the, the companies all do like weird bookkeeping to shift around stuff they produce for some stations and credit to other stations. So I, mean, I know we never probably, aired this on Adult Swim Canada. We yeah. only aired it on something, but it counted. Wink. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I think I think fulfilling the um the can like the CanCon quota uh that that so that's that's one thing for sure. But in terms of the question of can Toonami work on uh, Adult Swim Canada? I think it's a big question. I have no doubt that it is the number one question that the the people running um, uh, Adult Swim Canada are probably getting right now. And I, I feel kind of sorry for them because... They put so is, much work is, into this, clearly. I know, yeah. like Especially think, for like, that, I, especially for a, especially for a group that's not used to this kind of work and this kind of attention. Yeah. It's like, this is the mm-hmm. question people always leap to, but, you know, I'm... Ha- like, to me, just getting Adult Swim content properly represented in Canada has always been just as important to me as, as, as anime. Mm -hmm. So like to get Toonami, um, this is like, they've overcome the first hurdle, which is more or less figuring out adult swim. Yeah. The idea, like, but the, the fact they they still have a lot of trouble just putting this stuff together. The idea that they could, and a a big test is going to be how they handle this simulcast content. Yeah. Uh, uh, Machu Picchu shows that there's probably higher quality control when they're doing simulcast. Not impossible. But putting t- together Toonami is, like, logistically very complex. Well, and um, it's something and it's, that even isn't necessarily properly fully accounted for at Adult expensive. Swim proper. Well, no, well, it would. here's the thing, is, is there's a lot of expense in that that's not effectively on the books. There's still a lot of that that's, even though it's been running and been back for so long, there's still an aspect of people handling things, you know, it's a part of a bundle of responsibilities so its accounting there is loose yeah. so it's hot you know it's like it's like it's one of many things Tomarco does Tomarco also runs all this music shit but Marco does all this other stuff so it's like it's hard to then say like tsunami cost x dollars because everybody who's working on that works on like three or four other things so it's very easy for that to slide in there here it would be an explicit not just the acquisition cost expense which Cartoon Network may uh, now have a bit of a slide on now that they're properly Corporate cousins with Crunchyroll, I don't see AT&T not synergizing that. Um, and plainly they are because they are co-proing the uh, Blade Runner uh, anime. So 
that all like for example like let's take that let's take that Blade Runner anime now there's something would be like that's a, that would be a hell of a simulcast right it would make perfect sense to simulcast that in both places but then you have to take the effort to do that <laughs> and you that's a big yeah. ask of chorus I I am like very certain that that Blade Runner anime at the very least mm-hmm. is going to show up on uh, if nothing else yeah. on Adult Swim Canada but um, will I, it show up I'm, with the will it show up with all the window dressing because it seems it would that, seem yeah. so fucking weird to run that just yeah. straight rather than as it, rather than at least getting even if the only tsunami block you had was literally the wrap around that you'd think you'd at least get that i, I now sketch I'm, I'm interested to hear your take on this um like what like based on everything that's been going on what, what do you think the pros what do you really think the prospects of uh, Toonami being able to come to this network are. Yeah, the, the thing is, uh, as Carl mentioned, all of the the wraparound of Toonami, that's just a bunch of extra work that people uh-huh. do out of the goodness of their hearts over at Adult Swim. If they have a you know, fairly similar schedule, maybe they could just borrow that stuff. There have been other Toonamis in other countries that have borrowed U.S. stuff and you know, redub them or whatever. But from a, I I think it might be asking a bit too much to wholesale bring over the brand. But then again, it's, there's no reason why they necessarily couldn't do it. It it just kind of goes along with you bring over this brand, but you also have to have content to make it have a point. Because sure, you could wrap that around Samurai Jack and just Fooly Cooly and yeah, good good enough. But if you don't bring shows to the table to air within this version of Toonami, there's kind of no point in having a Toonami. Yeah, but yeah. on the flip side of that, they could literally just play that Blade Runner show outside of Toonami and you know make their own promos or whatever, and. That seems a lot more likely. I but mean, it's even it's, like a third worst yeah. case, whereas they they have the Blade Runner promo, but they just cut the Tanami branding out of it. it just has like a shitty adult swim card. Ooh, like, I mean, yeah, some I of those easily... Samurai Jack promos did get reworked to be yeah. more general. Exactly right. So it's like I could see that. I could see of that kind of thing happen. Yeah, definitely, definitely, but. And, if I'm not mistaken, Jason DeMarco has said, I think, a couple times, both on the Toonami pre-flight streaming program and on Twitter, that if Teletoon or Adult Swim Canada wanted to launch Toonami, mm-hmm. uh, that he, they would, like, the Toonami team would be willing to help out with them and provide them with materials. Yeah. Like, Probably. Well, I, mean, I mean, that's just an issue of sending bits around. And honestly, it's, you know, it's, I mean, the flip side of this is this, is we talk about, like, it's a lot of effort, but it's like, look, the actual Toonami CG pre-render stuff is pre-render. It's all presets with stuff being dropped in. So really, you just need, for the stuff that you're running the same, you literally just need to edit it in, and you need a narrator to, like, say, at blank o'clock. And you know what? You could even, you could even say, like, knowing that you're going to package the block for two countries or more, um, do multiple takes on that so you can kind of cut that stuff around and save yourself a, a whole shit ton of effort. These There are ways to make this cheap, and Lord knows mm-hmm. they're certainly exper- ex- uh, experienced with that. But that still requires Chorus to, like, step, to, step up the plate and play ball. Yeah. yeah. The, I mean, going back to the idea of 
trying to put as much effort into the block within the, a brief period of time when they're, oh, you know, the tsunami would be the greatest example of that. Yeah. Like, it, I mean, a, a determining factor I think will be if they want to do tsunami, how much effort are they going to willing to put in now? Like yeah. in these initial launch years to, to get it going, because there's two ways you can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my mind, one, you can just get kind of the raw materials from mm-hmm. adult swim and license the stuff yourself directly and just kind of build your own block with the materials you're given around it. I don't know how customizable they can get with it, um, but they could do something that way. And, you know, Steve Steve Bloom has been very giving um, with his uh, his contributions for Toonami as Tom. Yeah. So I'm sure they can, pro- they can probably get him to record a few additional materials. But if you go that way, it's definitely not going to be anywhere near as elaborate as the uh the US tsunami is. Yeah. Like you're not you're not gonna get custom Tom segments every week. I think the best thing you can you could crank out is you can get him to make custom disclaimers that could run um, I, I think after that, every episode. I think I think the only way you'd have custom from them is, is if that's being sent over. Like yeah like yeah. I, I could see them doing just actually building things around the disclaimers that they're obligated to run after every ad could be a neat workaround. Uh just because as a one time or like every couple of years kind of thing, just get them to produce a couple of custom disclaimers for Canada and that like that's all we get that's uh that's unique but it would be enough to kind of sell the, the brand well, if they did it that way. And the thing is, is those disclaimers can still be basically built out of reused animation. It's just, it's just about, yeah. it's just narrative. It's just narrative and cut. Yeah. It's yeah. not, it's, it's low, gotta... it's low cost. But the Toonami is another thing that again has very explicit visual language that changes over time. So if we got a Toonami and then two years later, Toonami updated its graphics package and Adult Sim Canada did not update its Toonami's graphics package, then it's like all the other tsunamis around the world. Yeah. Well, I mean, c- considering that Canada has never had tsunami and is the only major English-speaking country that has never had tsunami, I'd be okay mm-hmm. with that. Wait, <laughs> with the, with, wait, wait, wait. Has India had tsunami? I believe it has. Yeah. Wow, yeah. that's yeah. crazy. Yeah. I was like, yeah, was like, wait a second. Wait a India. S- well, okay. So it's making sure that we weren't like ignoring. They got Dragon Ball people. Z way later than the rest of us. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, no, no, we are the the only major English speaking market that hasn't had a, a tsunami of any kind. So, I mean, anything would would be good, really. But I mean, the other way that they could do it is they could make some kind of deal with the tsunami team so that when they license programming, they license it both for U.S. broadcast and Canadian broadcast. I ima- and I imagine and like then- though a lot of those times those rights are cousins, anyways. Like a lot of those times yeah. you're signing for North and- American English language rights. They, they can, and then they could essentially do that and then simulcast the entire Toonami block and simply simultaneously substitute ads Canadian ads and warnings. And, I mean, that yeah, would be the well, best. I mean, it would be the best, but at the same time, it then robs it of the one thing, the one level they could take it up higher, which is there is more latitude for the Canadian block exactly. to run uh, certain kinds of content. And I think mm-hmm. there's more latitude or appetite in Canada to run adult anime that's necessarily outside of the action lane. Like, that's my one caveat. It's like my, yeah. always my one caveat with Toonami as a concept is, is like, it's been great for introducing a very specific slice of anime to, and keeping that viable and visible in the U.S. mindset. But it is at more now more than ever um, a narrow slice and not demographically representative. Like, mm-hmm. you know, most of the attendance, like if all of that stuff is ostensibly targeted at males 18 to 34, that really ignores the fact that like your average anime con attendance is or your median 
anime content is not a adult male, but probably like a teenage girl, frankly, yeah. at this point. So there's still this huge gap in content that you've got a fresh network with that's geared around being experimental and, and has like weird late night hours to play with. And you're just like, Toonami is a great use of time and it would be a good baseline, but they could reach. I just don't yeah, think Course has it. <laughs> that's a problem in the with the U.S. version of the block too. Yeah, no, that's uh, what I'm saying. And, it's oh, like if, we, if, 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 if yeah. you hew to the yeah. U.S. version of the block, it's still probably like it's, it's good. It's not great. I'd yeah. make the but, argument that just like I said, I think that this schedule represents something way more creative than Adult Swim U.S. would do with 24 hours. So it'd be cool if they same, could same show deal. that with anime. If you, yeah, it, it's just going to be the same kind of whatever's popular anime, mm-hmm. mainly shonen series, mainly yeah. long running series, and that they could definitely do better. They, yeah. could, they could strive for, well, especially it's like yeah, depending on depending on how integrate this integrated this thing is with Adult Swim, and now therefore con- consequently AT and T, and therefore consequently Crunchyroll. Um, there's a pipeline to different stuff here, theoretically. Yeah. And man, that could be, you know, uh, this also depends on how in the game, like as much as we put, uh, I'm putting shit on course during this podcast. A lot of it also depends how in the game, uh, AT&T as an organization is with all this media stuff and what they're trying to, how they view their different brands and how they view their marketing opportunities and how they look at their analytics and how they sort of say going forward, you know, they they have transformed basically overnight into a media company that's trying to herd a notoriously disparate group of companies, plus yeah. the companies they had already also bought, and figure out what that means. And with Canada, it pr- produces a specific challenge of then saying, do you work with Canadian partners because they know the marketplace easily? Do you try and Netflix their way in there and take whatever kind of trouble that causes and, and do that outlay? And but depending on what you're doing, that means there's a lot of different opportunities for this adult swim block, depending on what they get offered that they have to they're going to have to make decisions on what they take. But I think they could yeah. I think there's I think there's initiative they can take, too. But they've got it. They've, they, this is the window. Yeah. Th- th- yeah. So that's the key thing that regardless of what they do, like they how much effort they put into it at this point is going to determine kind of what it is forever. And I think that's the important thing to emphasize in terms of the approach with like, do just doing a one-to-one block simulcast block with the States. I think there are a number, there, there are a number of trade-offs uh, more than a few. I mean, but once, it would, but it would be, be a good, probably like it was once they started that, yeah. I don't see them falling below that. So that would be kind of that's, great. <laughs> that's one of the, that's one of the key things is that it's, it would probably be very difficult to orchestrate that initially. Once it's but, done, it's done. <laughs> they're, yeah, not gonna, but, they're not going to, they're not going to, they're not going to exactly. unentangle themselves from that ever. It's, it's because <laughs> it's doable. Like that's what the comedy network does with the daily show is that they essentially, they simulcast the comedy central <laughs> broadcast and then sim sub their own ads in. Yeah. Um, and then what you're looking at here is, is, you know, obviously more elaborate, but once the work has been put in to get that as a regular practice, it would be it, probably it can, set it, it and forget it. Keep, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It can just keep going indefinitely. And at the very least, we would always know that we are one to one with what the U.S. market is getting. And, you know, that, and to be fair, like that's what the anime industry wants is that they want us to just be the same, uh, market. Even though, because whenever they, whenever there's anything that comes up that, you know, 
creates a, a division between Canada or the U.S. or means that Canada doesn't get something the U.S. does. They're more in, the companies are more inclined to just ignore it rather than address it. So yeah. if uh, they if they know that Canada and US, the U.S. are on the same page with Toonami, that definitely puts things into the in, into their favor. Well, it also gives, it I mean, things, it, it would also make them happier about selling. You know, it's like they're, then they're in a position of saying yeah. like, well, you you know, the it, it's a it's a it's a negotiating leverage too because they say like, no, it's yeah. for real North American rights. You can't say like, well, but we're only really going to broadcast in the states. Like we have to, I know we yeah. have to buy it this way, but really don't want to pay this. They can say like, no, like it's for real North American rights. Like I said, the extent to which that matters, the extent to which they're going to need that external content. I think will change over time with Crunchyroll um, being a production studio. With um, I, I would not rule out Genlock on Toonami long term. Like you know, after they've burnt it out on on demand, why not give it? You know, if only to hype the next season, stream the stream the old one or, or run the old one on on the on the block. Um, mm-hmm. Even though it would be it's tricky because it's like for real thirty minute episodes, so you might have to like fuck around with it. Hey, that's yeah. even better. Hey, you want to see the real version? There's all these opportunities yeah. they have now, and there are things that having a Canadian block is probably a net benefit on. Because, like, again, yeah. some of that would, if what part of what you're doing is Toonami is a vector for streaming con- Crunchyroll content in dubbed English, well, Crunchyroll sells subscriptions in Canada too. Right? Like even if like even if you're not the only way to watch it in Canada. Exactly. <laughs> um, so towards that end, there is a, a there is an aspect of depending. You know, if you think about these things as like holistically, and you you have to think that AT and T is doing that more so by virtue of the the darlings they've already killed than uh, Time Warner ever did in in <laughs> years and decades of being a company. Towards that end, then you if you have a Canadian partner that. Is willing to to do the work. They may be, they may say like, hey, we need you. Actually, even if Adult Swim is pushing back, they may force them into it. I don't think Adult Swim would push back. So I think everybody's on yeah. the same page here, so long as somebody takes the initiative. That's great. Yeah. I think that's probably the best that that's been in like since Adult Swim has been this sort of content gap in the Canadian landscape. The scenario where we are in now is probably our best single shot, but it's a narrow yeah. window. And also, there's another thing is that if, you know, when WoW World finally does launch, and I'm pretty confident we're, we will see that channel launch before the end of the year. I'm going to be so interesting to see what they end up yeah. with. Because if again, they, it's technically yeah. very tied in with AT&T now. <laughs> it is. They have, they share DNA with Frederator Studios, which is tied to Crunchyroll. It's, well, Verve, but, you know, Elation. Verve, yeah. Verve, Verve, Elation yeah. Studios being so, a whole nother, like, so could we end up with Elation titles on Adult Swim and therefore eventually on Adult Swim Canada? Let's see, 2020. <laughs> yeah, they have a, like, they have a pipeline too. Mm-hmm. So if they, if they were to go with just a straight simulcast, the Toonami block option, you could have a potential situation where Wow World is grabbing the rights to some titles and then they have to, like, black those, t- or they have to sub something else in. Yeah during that time, which would, you know, throw off the whole schedule. Um, and you got your final and, act. <laughs> yeah. But, well, to be clear, like, I, uh, I am, I, I am still rooting for WoW World. I want, I want that, uh, I want, I, I hope they have anime yeah. when they launch. And I think that's even an even better opportunity to kind of forge something that's different. It, from it, it has, it has, a, it has a better, yeah. I mean, it has less traction because it's a new brand, but yeah. it's a new brand. And so, you know, Adult Swim settled very quickly into 18 to 34 male. 
And that's great. It's a super lucrative demographic. I'm a male between the ages of 18 to 34. People listen to any dumb thing that I say. Uh, <laughs> you know, Simpson's got it right. Um, but that's the slice. There's a lot of money that's being left on the table. And in a media landscape as uh, saturated as it is now, grabbing different chunks is the whole game. Like, that's part of why Netflix works yeah. is because they'll say, like, um, we're, you know, it's that global, it's the same global game playing. It's like, yeah, we didn't just make content for Japan. We then said, here's Terrace House with English subtitles. And you're like, that's super niche, but they're going to catch viewers by doing it. And you have to be willing yeah. to find those angles. Wow can have, be in a much broader, broader position than that for at least. Yeah. So, yeah. So then there's that issue. And then, of course, the other trade off is that there's no opportunity for the Canadian audience to or for the audience to cater to the, or the show, the block to cater to the Canadian audience at all. Cause if you have a situation where a show is a hit with Canadian viewers, um, it's not going to have any influence on what get, gets programmed on Toonami. And the thing about Toonami is it's always growing and changing according to what the audience responds to, but that will remain the U S. So, you know, you, you can, you, we kind of lose our autonomy as an audience mm-hmm. uh, in that respect, even if we're getting, direct access to the yeah. the, the u.s blog so, which, you it, know, is, was, that's an important part of television yeah, yeah. and so there's difference honest. there is with the with the original comedies i mean they're always going to get a pretty prime slot regardless but toonami runs from 11 to 4 and you got shows premiering at 2 2 3 a.m and that's definitely not ideal if you're you know, trying to appeal to a broad yeah, and also the uh, the Canadian like it could if they launched tsunami they could have interest in having the block earlier in Canada oh, maybe. if they find that the, the the audience would respond to it but then that wouldn't be possible if you're sim- doing a direct simulcast from the U S. Um, I think the best compromise might be doing both actually would be to have the the block simulcasting but have kind of a pre-block maybe where they focus on shows that either stuff that we've missed over the years or just stuff they want to try with Canada, but they don't think will work in the U.S. And that uh, is a lot of shows. <laughs> yeah. Um, on that note, uh, I think um, we, we should probably wrap up soon. Uh, for the last little bit, I think maybe we'll just go into like just total speculation, uh, kind of what we hope to see come out of this. Um, if I know a lot of people don't like that uh, that kind of thing where we're just basically speculating about Here, let's, want to see on Here, let's give ourselves a timer. So, I'm going to pull up a timer, and this is for all yeah. of us, so that this doesn't go long. I'm going to pull up a five-minute timer, speculation, and then we wrap. Okay. Sounds good. All right. if, you don't want, if, you, if you don't want to listen to this stuff, you can just timer. Bow, out, bow out now. Okay. So, this episode is effectively over. Start. Here we go. Okay. If they air one anime and one anime only, regardless of how they run the block, I think it has to be Pop Team Epic. Yeah, actually, that, that, yeah, because yeah. you know what? You can air that regardless of a block. That can run anywhere, and it's funny. And it's also, I think you could run that during the day most of the time, too. Like, it can be before Watershed. Um, yeah. So that's great. Yeah, no. I actually, I can't think of anything I'd prefer more. <laughs> At least in terms of stuff they've run before. Mob Psycho 100 would be my number two. Yeah, like so regardless yeah. of how they approach it, yeah, yeah. like they have that that they have to air that. I'd feel I'd, I'd feel let down if we don't get the um if we don't get the Blade Runner Cyclone cast. So that would be a real kick in the teeth. Yeah, it, if anything is guaranteed, like I think I think we're gonna get that. Mm-hmm. Like I think that they will if if one anime they go for, it's probably gonna be that one. Yeah, I agree. Sketch what you want. Yeah. What do I What do I want? I want Rama one half every day. <laughs> <laughs> you know the they, HD remasters I mean, they, probably look great, and yeah, again, yeah. 
Though, I mean, uncut, that's definitely going to be late night. That's going to be... No, I like, they could run it during the day, because, like, if you make the... As long as you make... Because the sexual... The, disclaimers! Sorry, the nudity isn't sexual. That's so true. You could, wish. You, you, <laughs> technically, you could get away with it during that the would, day. That, would, that just, would be... That would be one of the... I mean, that's one of the things, is anything that we suggest during the day would just be, like, that'd be great, because it's, like, especially... Regardless of tsunami packaging, but especially with tsunami packaging, would make the U.S. jealous to be like, fuck them, they got a daily tsunami block again? Love it. Mm, chef's kiss. Think, yeah. think with Rama, though. I want to I would, <laughs> I would say, I, I would like to see that go to like, the yeah, WoW but... Crave, because that way the show could finally be streaming on on Crave, because that's oh, currently that's not fair. streaming at all in Canada. Yeah, so, it's true. Until there's, like, yeah. there's a lot of stuff where it'd be like, it'd be cool to see it here, but it would be more useful. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, if if Crave wants to do like go all in on anime, then that that's cool. I just yeah. I I think it'd be a great way to like we mentioned, it'd be a great way to get that Canadian content in. Just throw on Inuyasha, they've never played the final act. Throw on G Gundam, that's never played in the Canada, has it? It hasn't, and final act is never streamed here either. Another reason why, again, maybe that I almost kind of prefer to see that on WoW, but. You know, um, it could go either way. We'll see what happens. Who, who, who sno- you snooze, you lose with this stuff. Yeah. Whoever, it would be good. It would be good to have all the shonens up here, just because there's no space for them. And I, I think they do benefit. I mean, culturally, the impact of those things in the U.S. is very evident now. You have like rappers named Kid Boo on satellite radio. <laughs> we live in a weird, like, like, like uh, the late Triple Extension, a triple, a triple Extension. He collabed with like legit, straight up anime rappers and shit early on. Like, like it's a huge part of modern, like, street culture is anime, and the fact that that's yeah. absent in Canada is evident. And it's the one thing that truly separates Drake from other rappers is that you know he wasn't influenced by Tsunami. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas like all other rappers, like, I mean. Think, I mean, think about, like, some of the first beats that Jay Dilla sold was to Adult Swim. Yeah. That's wild. Um, <laughs> one other show uh, is actually Code Geass. It's a show, I've always been kind of critical of that show, but... It would be a good I think fit. It would be, neat because, it would be a good fit beca- because uh, if Bionics hadn't had kept going, mm-hmm. uh, it almost certainly would have been the next show that they had picked up. Oh, yeah. Death Note. Probably. Also, for, yeah. for, like, an earlier Digi-Cell technically show, it, I think it holds up. Like, it holds up visually. It's HD. It is HD. Yeah. Um, and also, it, the show does have nudity in it, so that would be an opportunity to have something that would normally be... Yeah, differentiating would normally be censored on the U.S. version. Um, it would it be great to have the US Ghost version. in the Shell. Yeah, because we never got season two yeah. of Ghost in the Shell standalone complex. So good. Again, that's we're getting really old with that one, but it would be a, a nice opportunity to kind of go back and make up for that. Animated in HD at incredible expense at the, at the time, it would it yeah. would hold up. Um, yeah, we got, we got we got thirty seconds. We got to think. Space Dandy. Yes. Space. <laughs> yeah, like the 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 they could just get like a. Funimation grab bag of, of Adult Swim. I'm a- Fooly Cooly Season 1, Cowboy Bebop, Space Dandy. Yeah. Um, that, I got that Outlaw Star like over there now, too. Go for. And Trigon. And, and, and both of those do have pretty nice HD remasters. Yeah. And again... And uh, My Hero Academia. Yeah. Would be I mean, good. But again, also a good candidate for WoW. Yeah. Well... And uh, and getting on crazy. WoW well, seems like a better place to put, like, My Hero Academia, Naruto, Dragon Ball. It's Well, I mean, if it ends up being in households. But that's our five minutes. Yeah, I will. One more thing, Dragon Ball Super. Yes, 
Um, again, another thing that would be good on WoW, but if it were on Adult Swim Canada, that's like the one anime that I would expect they would also put on other chorus networks as well. Yeah. Like, I could, I, could t- I could totally see Dragon Ball Super if they got it for Adult Swim, like, giving it a Teletoon run, too. Yeah. Cross-promotion, get people watching. Uh, anyway, that's our, our baseless speculation, and that wraps us up for today. Um, thanks, guys, for coming on. Uh, where can uh, people find you guys online? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Sketch1984. You can listen to the Toonami Faithful podcast at uh, SoundCloud.com backslash Toonami Faithful podcast, and check out the website ToonamiFaithful.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Carl R. Olson. Um, that's K-A-R-L-R-O-L-S-O-N. Um, same for Facebook. And you can also find my music at ultraclastron.com. I don't feel like spelling it. Just guess. <laughs> <laughs> it will be in the uh, description on this episode. Carl, of course, does a theme song for this show. That You can find that on his album, Packet Flood, at all the places he listed. Thanks for joining in Design in Canada. You can find... Yeah, and stream it. Uh, you can find me... On Twitter at jbetteridge or email zonincanada at gmail.com. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music. Um, I guess I should get on Spotify at some point, but I'm not there yet. Uh, maybe I should work on that. Uh, but your other We're on Spotify. Choice. Yeah, I need to talk to you about that actually. After, um, you need after to talk to show. Paul about that because I have no idea how we <laughs> made that happen. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you can find me there uh, and uh, recommend the show to anyone you think may like it uh, because uh, I'd appreciate that. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, See you again. Bye, everybody.